Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Blind Tag Podcast. I am your host, Con Nashon. This is available wherever you get your podcast from. I mean, unless you're already listening to it. Then, uh, you know what? Heck with it. We're going to keep it in. Today is going to be... I think it's going to be a good show. We'll, we'll, we'll see how I feel by the end of it. Or if I just do the entire show and then delete it and then just pipe in 50 minutes of canned laughter. Anyway, we're going to talk about what I have to believe in my heart of hearts is the greatest week in the world of professional wrestling. I know... For the last few weeks, we were talking about the, you know, I had Matt and I had Ben on here, and we were talking about our mutual love of wrestling, but now we're going to get into the swing of things. This past week, we had the Hall of Fame, two nights of TakeOver, and two nights of WrestleMania. I'll briefly talk about the uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, one of the biggest members of this Hall of Fame class, which they had to do two years worth because of, you know, uh, a global pandemic. Uh, Batista was unable to attend due to prior engagements that had been, um, I, I want to say it was a movie role or a TV role or something. But he couldn't do it this year, and he also, with he being the marquee name, he want, he didn't want to do it in front of TV screens. So, look for him to be inducted either next year or the following year. I think they're going to do, un, my, my prediction, I think they're going to do Undertaker next year since it's in Dallas, and I think... Uh, Batista will be the headliner in 2023 when they are have when they have WrestleMania in Los Angeles. They were supposed to have it in LA this year, but you know, yeah. Once again, global pandemic. You could tell it was taped. You could tell it was. Um, it was okay. Nothing too um, memorable, to be honest. The only two um, speeches I was really looking forward to see was by the family of the British Bulldog and Kane. To, to be honest, RVD to an extent, but... Vince and company never really trusted him to talk on the microphone. Like, really talk on the microphone. So, I figured his was going to be shorter than, you know, Kane and Bulldog were probably going to be the two longest speeches. So, it will be back, hopefully, back to normal next year where it'll be in, in front of an arena of fans paying their proper respects having in 
having inductors in, announce the um, Hall of Fame inductees. Like, it would have been cool if we had The Undertaker bringing Kane out. Um, if we had Bret Hart bringing out the Davy Boy's family. If we had... Uh, um, I don't know who could have brought out uh, Paul Heyman bringing out RVD. You know, stuff like that. But, it is what it is. I mean, I'm still happy for everyone. Oh, and there was another person I noticed was um, casually uh, missing from the Hall of Fame. Tori Wilson. I just noticed that. Smart decision. Because I'm still trying to figure out how in the hell she is a Hall of Fame career. I mean, now, if you have a Brawl and Pennies match Hall of Fame, oh, she's first ballot. Her and Stacey Keebler, first ballot Hall of Famers for the Brawl and Pennies match Hall of Fame. Regular Hall of Fame? No. Did you know, Tori Wilson would not... in. Now, could this have been a punishment of sorts? Because she name-dropped Cardi B at a Legends Raw, Legends Night. You know, they're uh, once every couple months here. Look at Legends. Look at the people we'll never, you know, we used to push. And we'll still push because we can't push our own talent. Um... And apparently that went nowhere. So maybe this was them saying, yeah, you're, you're going to wait. But hopefully she don't get inducted. I'm sorry. And this is a, another a, another one. Why the hell is the great Kali in the Hall of Fame? Really? Really? So, so let me get this straight. The great Kali is a Hall of Famer, but we all know why he's not, but Owen Hart's not in the Hall of Fame. Raven, for everything he's done in the business, he's not in the Hall of Fame. Shane Douglas, the most iconic moment, him taking the NWA title, throwing it on the ground and saying, I am the ECW champion. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Um, let's see. Those are just the three I can t- think of off the top of my head. But the great Collie's in the Hall of Fame. The only reason he won that one world title is because the Undertaker got injured, Edge cashed in money in the bank, after winning it from Mr. Kennedy, who was severely injured, then turned into, I got a boo-boo, but we've already taken the briefcase off of him. Um, and then, Edge gets injured. So, you're not going to put it on Batista, yet... Because this was 2000. Yeah. 
He had just gotten it at WrestleMania. Or uh, just lost it at WrestleMania. So, yeah. Great colleague. I swear. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look at these alumni lists of professional wrestlers of who should be in the Hall of Fame and who we can take out of the WWE Hall of Fame. So, that's going to be another episode way on down the line. But, we are going to take a quick break when we come back. Ladies and gentlemen, take over, stand and deliver night one and let me tell you, take over as always, delivered. Before we get back to the podcast, I want to let everyone know about my intro. That is Sax Rock and Roll by Kevin McLeod. This song and other songs that are royalty free are being able to be found on incomtech.com. Alright, welcome back and let's get started. Uh, we're going to look at NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 1. The show opened up with Pete Dunn defeating Kushida in about 10 minutes and 39 seconds. This was a physical match like mm, counter after counter after counter technical wrestling at its finest even though Pete Dunne did win Kushida got another laugh as on Tuesday he won the NXT Cruiserweight title from who we'll get to that in just a moment now we look at the gauntlet eliminator map Bronson Reed defeated Isaiah Swerve Scott, Cameron Grimes, L.A. Knight, Dexter Loomis, and Leon Ruff. I wanted Cameron Grimes to win. That didn't happen. Um, it was a, it was a good match, and and based on who won the eliminate the match on night two, which we'll talk about in a bit, the right person won in Bronson Reed. So you can probably figure out who won night two and who has the North American title. But it, it, it was a good match. It was a fun match. It had some fun. Um, Walter Tommaso Ciampa f- to retain the United Kingdom Championship. Ugh, brutal. Uh, was actually talking with Matt and he said his dad walked into the room during that match and actually stayed and watched it because he was invested in it. Walter is such a dominant person. If he ever moved to the United States, he would be the Brock Lesnar of any brand, with the exception of he would show up every week. Physical match, and I don't see Walter losing that UK title anytime soon. Now for the vacant NXT Tag Team titles, we have MSK, Grizzled Young Veterans and Legato de Fantasma. MSK for um, hardcore fans may, may remember them as the Rascals in Impact. This was their seventh match challenging for a tag team title, first time in WWE. And they won. It was an awesome match. It was put together very well. And 
now you have a new team coming in. And based on what we saw on Tuesday, it looks like Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa are going to be one of their first challengers. All I got to say is, holy shit, that is going to be a good match, in, in my opinion. And then finally, Raquel Gonzalez defeated Io Shirai to win the NXT women's title. Shirai had held it since uh, In Your House takeover when she won it from Charlotte Flair. And once again, a very and this is the uh, crux of things. Very physical match. Uh, right person went over. Um, now let's see what's going to happen. Now you, you're getting the parallels between with her and Dakota Kyle, Shawn Michaels, and Diesel. So Raquel has the monumental win. Does Dakota stay the good friend? Or does she try to stab her in the back to get a shot at the NXT t uh, women's title? We don't know, which is going to be very interesting to find out. So, overall, if I have to give a, a rating on night one of, say, we'll use the Dave Meltzer five-star scale, I would definitely give it three and three-quarter stars. Great show. Um... The Eliminator was kind of predictable, but other than that, even if matches were predictable, you were still thoroughly entertained. You knew Walter was going to win, but you also know it was going to be one hell of a fight. You knew Io Shirai's time with the title was up, but it was a hell of a fight. And her jumping off that skull at the entranceway, mwah, very, very good. It, you know, And the right amount of respect was paid to her by Raquel Gonzalez on the Tuesday episode of NXT, which ended very interesting. We will get to that. We'll have to circle back around towards the end because it also will spoil some WrestleMania uh, results. So, now, night two of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. It started off with Santos Escobar, the interim NXT Cruiserweight Champion, defeating Jordan Devlin to basically become the undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Champion. It was kind of a situation like uh, Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels had heading into WrestleMania 10. One person claimed they're the champion, the other person claimed they're the champion. We gotta have a unification bout. And I know this is gonna sound weird, they did not need the ladder match stipulation. The visual of Shawn Michaels coming out and just putting the ladder in there was, was great. But you have two heels. Who's the face? Boo, Jordan Devlin. But you kind of have to boo Santos Escobar because he has people there. He has helpers. Minions. So I think they could have done without the ladder match stipulation. That being said, it was a, it was a great match. Um, would I agree with them on commentary statement saying that it was a legendary ladder match? No, not at all. It was a it, it was a serviceable ladder match. And one thing I did love towards the end or at the end of the match was uh, Escobar celebrating with his with his son. Awesome visual. You could 
he didn't pretend to hide the smile or stay in character in a way. So that, that was nice to see. Uh, speaking of the devil, Santos Escobar had an open challenge. Kushida answered it, and Kushida is now your Cruiserweight Champion as of Tuesday. The six-time former IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion has now climbed to the top of the Cruiserweight division. Next up we have what I like to call now the best women's tag team titles in the all of WWE. Uh, Ember Moon and Shanti Blackheart defeated The Way, Candice LeRae, and Indy Hartwell to retain the NXT Women's Tag Team title. See, here's my thing on this. If they had just booked a WrestleMania match that included one of these teams in, they didn't need to create an NXT tag team title for women. But then again, if WWE actually knew how to book a tag team title match for the women, we would not be in this boat. I could go on any further, but then again, I want to save the anti-Nia Jax rants for Bennett and Matt. Anyway, let's move on further. Johnny Gargano defeats Bronson Reed to retain the NXT North American title, and the only question I have is why? I think this is the only um, decision I do not agree with. They should have had Bronson Reed win it. I think he's done enough to warrant a run with the title. Are they saving him for something better? We don't know. We'll have to Stay tuned and watch. You know, at least Triple H and Shawn Michaels have a plan. More so than Vince does with the main roster coming up literally the day of. And trust me, when some of the finishes on night two of WrestleMania, we will be talking about that. In the main event of the evening, Karrion Cross hands Finn Balor his second ever loss at a TakeOver event defeating him for the NXT title that he never lost because of injury. Physical match, you know, Finn was talking about how um, emotions was, or Cross's emotions were going to get the best of him, and it didn't. It actually fueled him. So I love the story they were telling, and you could tell during his entrance, because this is the first time the Karrion Cross character was in front of... Um, a lot of fans. Even they had like maybe a couple hundred people there. And the crowd loved him. You could see it on his face. He was trying so hard to stay in character. He was like, oh, yeah. I guess this character works. So I'm interested to see what they do with Finn Balor. Um, I hope they do not bring him back up to WWE, the main roster. He needs to stay in NXT. He can do so much. Hell, send him over to NXT. You let him defeat Walter for the NXT United Kingdom title. Oh, that would be so awesome. Now, I know I said that that was the main event because the next match is unsanctioned. And typically when it's unsanctioned, they do the official card. And then the last match is the unsanctioned one. Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole took the template that was uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Jardy Gangano and just amped it up the violence. They didn't expose the ring. I mean, they could have. This was night two. But they, ex- they didn't expose the ring, but the violence was there. The hatred was there. You could tell it was palpable. And I, I think it went on a little too long. It was clocked in about 40 minutes. 
I think they could have shaved about 10 minutes of that off, in my opinion. But it was very well done. And having it be Kyle O'Reilly wrap a chain around his knee, jump on Adam Cole's back while he's hovering over a chair. Great. Um, we'll see what goes from here. Apparently... Roderick Strong has resigned from NXT, so I think he's going to get called up. He better go to SmackDown. I want to see him and Cesaro like yesterday. Him and Seth Rollins. Oh my God, the Messiah, the backbreaker. But, you have this situation. Apparently, extended footage they aired on Tuesday, it's not over between them. How is it not over? But, we're going to see... Um, as far as a um, rating for night two, uh, four out of five. Uh, even the uh, bad decision of keeping the North American title on Johnny Gargano didn't hinder from the fact that it was a great match. And then the violence and brutality of the last two matches just over the top. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back... Get your tissues out. Ladies and gentlemen, night one of WrestleMania. All right, welcome back to the show. WrestleMania night one started off with Vince McMahon welcoming everyone, welcoming the fans back and putting over his superstars of all the work he did during the pandemic. I mean, he could have also said, hey, sorry for firing 50 of you during the pandemic, but, you know, that was never going to happen. Uh, the first person out of the curtain to go to the ring was Drew McIntyre, a reward for basically being one of the MVPs of the pandemic-era Raw shows. Bobby Lashley being the other one as well, him and MVP. So this is like kind of a they built it as like who won the pandemic, the pandemic era Raws. Well, Bobby Lashley did, and it it was a physical match, very, very physical, very um, slobber knockerish. If Jr. was still doing commentary. Oh, and and I forgot to say this. There was a rain delay. First time in WrestleMania history that there was a rain delay. It delayed about 30 minutes, give or take. And, yeah, that was that was kind of funny. You know, they had to think on the fly. And a lot of the promos you saw backstage were not scripted. They are like, okay, go talk to this person and put over your match. That made... A lot of the matches on Saturday's show better because we had that last minute. Okay, I'm really pissed off now, so I'm gonna go to that ring and beat you up. Mm. The women's tag team turmoil match. Congratulations to uh, Natalia and Zamina. They did a good job. The match lasted 14 minutes. You had a lot of people on the sidelines 
Alexa Bliss could have been in a match. Uh, Mia Yim, um, Peyton Royce, Nikki Cross. You have people who could have been in on WrestleMania, but they didn't. And the uh, the matches were they were botchy, honestly. Um, they averaged about five minutes a piece, and I mean, once again, congratulations to Natalia and Tamina. Tamina got a win at WrestleMania, so kudos to, for her. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. I I'm gonna go ahead and be honest here. I was kind of scared. I was scared about this match because I knew how Vince was with his um, pet projects and Cesaro didn't fit that bill. I didn't think I, I thought he was gonna get jobbed out. He was gonna look strong for the first opening minutes and then Rollins would somehow win. And then next thing you know, Cesaro would be back to um, being in another tag team with another person, and that's that's all he would be. Boy, was I pleasantly, pleasantly surprised that not only did the Cesaro Seth Rollins match go, I mean, it was gonna be a great match no matter what, but Cesaro defeated Seth Rollins. That is what needed to happen. And it happened. Now, will Vincent Company ruin it by basically uh, rushing him into the title picture and getting squashed by Roman Reigns? Or are they going to, I don't know, build it up. Build him up to the point where maybe around SummerSlam, he can take the title off of Roman Reigns. We don't know. Now, AJ Styles and Omos defeated the New Day to win the tag titles. I mean, this ever since this match was made, you you knew it was going to happen. It was still a good match. Like Kofi and Woods, uh, they could have a match with a broomstick, and it'd be better. And it'd be better than some matches that the you know, other others would have. They put over Amos as a threat. Their visual, their visual looks on their faces and stuff like that. So, I mean, ah, I'm glad AJ Styles finally wins a tag title in WWE. His first um, tag title, I believe, since he teamed with Kurt Angle in TNA back in 2013. 2012. So, congratulations to AJ. Uh, the Viking Raiders came back on the Raw after WrestleMania. So, as much as I would love to see them in a uh, program, not yet. Maybe let New Day get their rematch. Maybe throw another team in there for a month and let let the Viking Raiders build up some, you know, steam. 
All right. Braun Strowman defeated Shane McMahon. Uh, let's see. What's what's the best way to describe this? I did not want to see this match. I really did not because once again I was scared that they were going to neuterize Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman was looked to make uh, made to look good, and uh, I think uh, Matt and Bennett had a good point. If any, it was Matt Morsell. He made it a point that if anyone can bump around for someone, it's Shane McMahon. So, I mean, 11 minutes is too long. It, it, they could have cut a few minutes off of that. But Braun Strowman winning in dominating fashion, I'm happy. Now, we have the tag match that everyone was talking about. You have Bad Bunny and Damian Priest defeating The Miz and John Morrison. And going into this match, I did not know what to expect out of Bad Bunny. I came out of this match thinking, holy shit. Did that guy just do a Canadian Destroyer Panama Sunrise on the, on the uh, ring mat. He did! This was the most, the greatest celebrity involved match in wrestling history. This puts uh, Stephen Amell, Pat McAfee, Shaquille, Lawrence Taylor, it puts them all to shame if he, uh, the next celebrity that uh, wants to get into the ring is going to have to be better than Bad Bunny. And obviously you got the Men's and Morrison, two of the greatest sellers in wrestling history. What, what a perfect combination. And then finally, the main event of night one in a historical first. Two black athletes made events a WrestleMania card. Bianca Belair defeated Sasha Banks to win the SmackDown Women's title. Like, you saw the emotion on both of them. The bell rings, and then next thing you know, they zoom in on Bianca, who's trying to hold back tears. You zoom in on Sasha, who's trying to hold back tears. Like both of them are, are starting to cry, and they have to like compose themselves together to have this match. And then they have a classic match. Um, I was on WCC Radio on my old show, Sports Uncaged, and I basically stated it was the greatest women's match ever. Now, um, someone can point, well, what about the Britt Baker and uh, Thunder Rosa unsanctioned match? That was a gimmick match. That was the greatest women's gimmick match of all time. But straight up, no, no stipulations, straight up wrestling. Bel Air and Sasha Banks, greatest of all time. 
If you have not watched it, I implore you, watch night one, because I've got some opinions on night two, which we will get to after we take this nice little quick break. Alright, welcome back, and now let's talk about Wrestlemania Night 2. And ladies and gentlemen, the night started... <sighs> shitty. That's, uh, that's, that's the best way to put it. I literally was texting with my dad, I was texting with uh, Matt and Bennett, and we all agreed, basically, that Night 1, they did no wrong. They took all that goodwill and flushed it down the toilet by having Randy Orton beat the Fiend. So you're burying the character. Again. This reminds me of last year going into Saudi Arabia, one of the last shows to have uh, fans before the pandemic hit. And he loses the title to Goldberg. Oh. Now, I, I loved it when Michael Cole called the Jack in the Box a box-like structure. Like, really, Michael Cole? I mean, I understand you're older, and you probably haven't seen a Jack in the Box in a long time. It is a Jack in the Box. Oh, here's the thing. Alexa Bliss had been carrying around one for the last couple weeks. Yeah. Pay attention. But apparently Alexa turned on the Fiend, causing Randy Orton to win. Thumbs down. Wrong decision. And then you have Randy capitalize on that by eating the pinfall in the triple threat match on Raw. Great job. Great job. Super fantastic. And then... You have Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler defeat Natalia and Tamina by technical submission to retain the tag titles. Another thing. Really? With the exception of a month, they have controlled those titles since SummerSlam. And we're not talking about the Roman Reigns uh, doing gangbuster work. We're talking about Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax doing eh work. Now, this is not a critique of them. They only have to do what's scripted for them. So creative is really throwing them under the bus. They can do so much better. They really can. They should have given the titles to Natalie and Tamita. Neither one of them had had a WrestleMania victory prior to the previous night winning the gauntlet match. And the next night they had a match with Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke that got set up by them picking on her for slipping in her entrance. Hey, I hate to say this. 
but WWE is going to milk that for as long as it, it as long as Vince McMahon finds that funny. It's going to be on every week. Now, that means Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose will get on TV every week, which is a good thing. But unless they win the tag titles, this is stupid. In my humble opinion. Finally, we get to a good match. Kevin Owens defeated Sami Zayn. Uh, here's, here's what I got to say about that. Knowing the history of Kevin Steen and El Generico transforming it into Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, seeing some of their old matches for Ring of Honor, I was glad that they had this match for WrestleMania. I was excited. And it was a good match. It was the first good match of the night. Also the first good booking decision of the night but the one thing I gotta say why the fuck was Logan Paul there for for what reason what reason please for the love of God tell me was it because they didn't have enough celebrities on night two and I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you when they said Logan Paul is coming to SmackDown, the first thing I said was, who? And guess what? You know what I'm saying now? Who cares? Go back to YouTube. Go back to whatever the hell you're doing. I'm glad you ate this, the stunner. You should have ate it at the beginning of the match. But get that whoever out of the way. It was classic Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens won. Now let's see what they do with him coming out of SmackDown, coming out of WrestleMania. Sheamus defeated Riddle to win the United States Championship, his third reign with the U.S. title. See. This almost has an air of this wasn't supposed to happen. Because at the last minute, Keith Lee had to be replaced in the triple threat match at Elimination Chamber or Fast Lane. It was one of those two pay-per-views. I'm going to be honest, I don't remember. Um, so they had to give it to Riddle because they had to get it off. It was it was Elimination Chamber because they had to give it off, get it off of Bobby Lashley so he can go after the WWE title. Which, right move. They weren't going to give it to John Morrison because of the fact that he was inserted into the match and he's part of a tag team and that would have messed up the storyline with him and Miz and Bad Bunny. So now their hands are tied. They could have took it off of him at the next pay-per-view, Fastlane, but they decided to wait to WrestleMania and Sheamus won the match. Uh, I went back and watched it again because the first time it came on, I went to go do laundry. I'm going to be honest. I saw the finish, though. Ooh. Ooh. 
but it was it, it was a brutal brutal match, and I give him credit. I think that should have been on night one. Kind of split up the uh, secondary titles, even though they don't like to use that terminology. But that's just me. Apollo Cruz defeated Big E to win the Inter the Intercontinental Championship. I am loving Apollo Cruz's character. He is finally something. His character is finally something that people can either relate to or hate with a passion. And they kept Big E strong in, in, in the loss, in the defeat, because they had uh, Dabo Kato. What they, it, it's amazing they acted like they didn't know who he was. I mean, I understand that he came in on a SmackDown, on a SmackDown match. But SmackDown guys were on Raw Underground, so come on. Anyway, um, great match. Uh, I'm curious to see what... Um, comes out of this I think uh, what they need to do maybe give Big E a rematch at um, Backlash yes I know they're calling it Wrestlemania Backlash I'm not because that's just they're trying to milk they, they're milking the Wrestlemania name too much you know it's Wrestlemania Backlash because it's the next pay per view after Wrestlemania anyway they're just trying to milk it for everything they can since, you know, they had people for the first time in the year. Brutality! Rhea Ripley defeated Asuka to win the Raw Women's Championship. Great, great call. Um, Rhea, um, it's weird to say that Rhea is the future over Asuka. But Oscar came to Raw in I think 2017. Rhea Ripley is now coming up. It's been a, a few years. She's been on the main roster for a couple years now. So that fresh blood of Rhea Ripley and she's a heel and a but she's relatable, which is which is very very good very understandable and you know they needed to get the title off of Oscar you know maybe have a triple threat match with uh, her Oscar and the returning Charlotte Flair or you have the one-on-one -on -one match with Rhea and Charlotte let Rhea get her win back from WrestleMania 36 when she should not have lost in the first place they, they ruined, they potentially ruined her star making end of 2019 just because NXT was getting their ass kicked in the ratings by AEW. So, oh, we'll send Charlotte Flair down there. Yeah, guess what she did to the ratings? No difference. So, but... Congratulations to Rhea Ripley and on NXT on Tuesday they had a uh, segment where Raquel Gonzalez came out basically staking her claim to the top of the NXT mountain. Frankie Monet or as um, 
wrestling fans will know as Taya Valkyrie came out with the dog. The cute little dog. Is little doggie. And yeah. So they have a confrontation. I think that's where the NXT women's title is going to go. Feud's going to go next. And next thing you know, Rhea Ripley comes out. The, the crowd is going insane. And I was like, well, the last time we saw Rhea on NXT, she was getting destroyed by Raquel Gonzalez. But they are, in reality, very good friends. They actually came in together. So they come out, they have a stare down, and then shake hands and hug. And as they're as they toast the titles, Bianca Belair comes out. The future of the women's division across all brands. The champions of Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, and Raquel Gonzalez. They are going to dominate for at least the next couple years, in my opinion. But finally, the main event. In a match that lasted just about 22 minutes, Roman Reigns defeated Edge and Daniel Bryan. Me, Bennett, and Matt all thought Edge was going to win, but it didn't happen. This also has an air of booking got changed at the last minute. Well, yeah, because it added Daniel Bryan. It was brutal. Physical. And every time Jay Uso interfered, he paid for it. So, but the closing sequence where Daniel Bryan's on the mat. He drags Edge over Daniel Bryan and pins both of them. Now, he makes sure to put Edge's shoulders on the mat. Otherwise, he he could have pinned him and ended up giving Edge the universal title, which honestly, that would have been great. Like, if they had done that ending, but Edge's shoulder came up at the right time, Edge beats Daniel, uh, pins Daniel Bryan, while Roman's technically pinning him, oh, that would have been great. But that's nitpicking there. And I love how he came out on SmackDown, gloated. Oh, yeah, you know. I beat two Hall of Famers, and now they've acknowledged me. You know what? We we did what we uh, said we were going to do. It's time to go home. They start to leave, and out comes Cesaro. Cesaro walks in the ring, asks for a microphone. As the goat walks to get the microphone, they're leaving the ring. Like the this, the disrespect they show him. Which is perfect. Honestly, I was back and forth on when should I do Cesaro or Big E against Roman first. But as with the main event, 
Seth still has some unfinished business. I can see them fight at wrestling at Backlash with Cesaro getting a feud ending win. But night one was better than night two by far because there was no bad booking decisions. Night two was hampered by the first two matches in my opinion. Um, but all in all, it was great to see fans in the arena. Now, I know this show normally comes out on Wednesday, but I had a feeling, I had a feeling that there were going to be some releases. There's always tip, uh, typically releases after um, Wrestlemania, and there were. And there were some shocking ones. Just a second. And I will pull them up. So. Samoa Joe, Bo Dallas, Chelsea Green, Kalisto, Mickey James, Tucker. Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, and Mojo Rollins. Now, let's let's go through this real quick. Samoa Joe, he stood out in night one, commentating in a poncho as you guys kill time, and you release him. Honestly, I call bullshit on that one. As soon as his ninety day contract is up he's going to AEW or he's going to Impact or he's going to Ring of Honor and going to tear it up uh, Chelsea Green um, she was um, just med- recently medically cleared to come back to the ring which is it's still weird um, she can actually use um Her and Bo Dallas can actually use their names um, in August because there was a uh, trademark issue that WWE uh, didn't get those trademarks approved. And if so, they would have to have those wrestlers written consents. So Bo Dallas... If he just waits till after his 90 days are up, he can go on to AEW as Bo Dallas. That's going to be interesting. Kalisto, we hadn't seen him on TV since the draft. Mickey James, um, it would not surprise me if she retires. Maybe go to the NWA so she can travel with uh, her husband, Nick Aldis. Tucker. Um, he will have to use an, a new name. Actually, actually, Mickey James will have to use a new name because WWE currently owns the trademark to Mickey James. I, I think they would like let her use it, Tucker. No. Um. 
Mojo Rawley could actually use his name on the Indies after next week. It will lose the trademark on his name if it fails to get written consent from Mojo by April 23rd. Uh, Peyton Royce, she had that fiery promo on Rockoff. She had that match against Asuka, and now she's gone. Billy Kay was getting over with her resume gimmick. She was on a, in a match at WrestleMania, and apparently there were reports on the dirt sheet that Kevin Dunn didn't get her. It's not your job to get her. It's Vince's. But <sighs> there hasn't been any other releases as of the finishing of this recording. But we'll see what happens. So, great weekend of wrestling. Next week we will talk about something. We'll get it figured out. But until then, this has been the Blind Tag Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Nashon. We will see you absolutely, positively next week.